Welcome to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast with me, your host, Paula Maidens. I'm a mum of two, a hiring and leadership coach, speaker, ex-corporate recruiter and serial entrepreneur who is obsessed with teaching capable business owners just like you how to become graceful and powerful leaders surrounded by a team who perform like rock stars. On this podcast, we'll be talking about all things people, business and leadership because Big dreams need great teams. You simply cannot do it on your own. I'm excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast. I'm excited to have you here for what will be a little bit of a different episode. This is a behind-the-scenes share of my business. It's a share of my personal reflections that I've been through as we have wrapped up the end of financial year. So, Here in Australia, the 30th of June has just come and gone. And what that means for us is that it's our end of financial year, so for tax and accounting purposes. So I've been looking at my accounts, my profitability, my revenue, where my revenue has come in as part of a pausing and reflection process before moving into planning, well, what do I want the next six months to look like and the next year to look like? And I'm going to share with you some of the highlights and the reflections that I've noticed when I've looked at the last 12 months. So first of all, it's another multiple six-figure year, which is great. And revenue has definitely grown. Now, I'm not big on sharing my revenue figures here because I don't think they're that relevant. But I do want to stop and pause and share that not only did revenue grow, but this year, this financial year just gone, is the year where I've made the most dollars in the business insofar as revenue, but also insofar as what I've paid myself. So I've paid myself the biggest wage I've ever taken from my business and made the most profit after that wage. So I know that money isn't everything, but, and being a numbers girl myself, I'm a qualified accountant, I do feel a significant satisfaction and to be honest, I think validation from it being profitable from me paying myself a really good wage. So something that feels good, feels like it's the right amount of return for the effort that I put into showing up in this business every day. So I feel like now I'm well outside of any sort of startup or foundational phase in this business. And if you've been following along for a while, you'll know that I'm an entrepreneur who started three businesses in the last 12 years. And this particular business has been going for about five years. So I can see financially that I'm well and truly out of that startup investment foundation phase and the profitability, the consistency of the revenue, the growth is really demonstrating that to me. And I guess it's something that I've known, but it's nice to see the numbers as well. Something that has been reasonably new in the last 12 months has also been that I've started doing paid speaking events again. So I'm a speaker and I've been speaking at conferences and for corporates and on stage for all sorts of people doing in-house training and sort of conference speaking for about 12 years. And I stopped. So I stopped for probably about five years in the middle of that for lots of reasons, you know, young kids, COVID, all the things and the invitations to speak at business conferences and come and run in-house training started to flow in again in the early half of 2022. I started saying yes, and I realized how much I love being in person, connecting with entrepreneurs and watching all those ahas drop in. So I guess that was a new revenue stream that came into my business for the last 12 months. And frankly, one that I've really, really loved, loved. 
in the last 12 months, I've really had my boundaries challenged. What's that saying? New level, new devil. So I guess it's it's pretty natural that with growth, boundaries and structures and things that were put in place were going to be challenged. And one of the things that I realized was that I slipped back into pretending to be working four days a week. And by that, what I mean is that fifth day, the day that I was looking after my little boy, I found myself you know, trying to navigate his nap time to be able to squeeze some work in, et cetera. So I wasn't actually properly switching off from work for that day and spending it with him. And what's really interesting was that about 18 months to two years ago, I'd written this social post, which sort of was titled, I used to pretend I didn't work Fridays and now I actually don't. And it was really ironic because that post sort of probably came up in a memory or something like that. And I looked at it and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm back there again. And I felt the full irony of it. So I really had to look at that fact that I was pretending to work Fridays and face the reasons that I was doing it and the stories I had around it. And now I want to preface this with, I have no judgment for anybody who makes a choice to squeeze in some work on the days that they're looking after the little people. I know that heaps of people do it and there's nothing wrong with that. For me, however, I don't love it. I find that I'm not great in either role. I find that I'm not giving my clients what they deserve when I'm trying to squeeze in doing a little bit of work when I'm actually supposed to be, in inverted commas, looking after my little three-year-old. And I'm also not giving my little three-year-old the attention. So without any judgment as to anybody else who makes that choice and chooses to do it, it's just something that long time ago I realized just didn't work for me. And I realized that I'd slipped back into that habit right down to one of the things that I used to do with my little boy on a Friday was we would go to the gym and I'd put him in the creche so I could go to the gym first thing in the morning and he loved the creche and I'd find myself leaving him in the creche a little bit longer so I could like check my emails and do some client work. So that was one of the ways or one of the things that I realized I was doing to try and squeeze in extra time. So I had to face that. I had to face, well, what's the story that I'm putting around it? And what I realized was that I had this story or belief that because I was bringing in more revenue in the business, the business was busier. That meant that I needed to work that fifth day. That that meant it wasn't possible. So I had to really look at that story and clean it up. I also had a little bit of a story that I was letting my clients down if I didn't respond to them on a Friday. And in fact, I also realized that I hadn't even really communicated properly to my clients, hey, I don't work Fridays. So That was lots of interesting information to realize, and I got to clean that up hugely. And I'm back to only working four days a week. Yay. One of the things I also found myself doing was working at my desk quite a bit late at night. And again, nothing wrong with this. And if this suits you, fantastic. But for me, it doesn't work for me. I'm so tired. I'm so spent after I put the kids to to bed at like 7.30 that I'm not at my best in the evenings. So again, I had to look at that and clean it up and be like, why do I think I need to do this? If I do need to find extra hours in the week, then give myself the full permission to be doing that and actually make it first thing in the morning. So for me, this is boundaries. And for me, I had to look at some of them, review if they were still the right boundaries for me, face the stories that I had around it 
And in and in some cases, when I did need to work sort of outside of normal hours, it was a matter of actually getting up at three or four o'clock in the morning, which for me is actually a much better time of the day to be working as opposed to eight or nine o'clock at night at the desk. So boundaries were challenged for sure. And what that did was going through that process of noticing that I'm working on a Friday, noticing that I'm working nights and almost like having the clarity that, hey, this is a trigger. These boundaries were here. Why are you doing this? This is how you know that you're sort of out of balance and your working week isn't quite working for you by like being clear that they are the parameters that helped me to see, you know, whether my business was in or out of balance as to where I wanted it to be and how I wanted it to feel and what I wanted it to look like because I had that clarity I was able to dig into, well, are they the right boundaries still and what do I need to change? And I guess part of that process and what I want to share is that I did that through doing a time audit. So for about two months, starting at the end of March and going right through to the end of May, I did a, a time audit. Now, it was nothing fancy. It was just manual. I was making notes on my iPhone as I went and then kind of calculating it across into a spreadsheet. So I didn't use any apps, et cetera, to, to do it, even though I know that they exist and I'm sure they're great. But this time audit and tracking my time for two months really helped me to see where my time was going and clean it up. And when I tell people that I did it for two months, lots of people are really surprised that I almost had the discipline in their mind, the discipline to keep going for that long. And the reason I went for that long was because I found the information that it was presenting to me mind-blowing and so interesting that actually I wanted to keep going. So the first week when I tracked my time, it's almost like I was at the end of that first week in disbelief going, oh my goodness, like that can't be true. Maybe it was just an anomaly. And so then the second week I tracked it again and I was like, no, no, that was right. And then the third week, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, I didn't set out to do this for two months. I set out to do it for one week and kept going because the information was so interesting and was just shedding so much light on what I was doing, what wasn't I was doing. And, and in fact, where my time was going. So I recorded a couple of episodes on this. And if you want to hear more about the time audit, you can check out episodes 73 and 77, which is where I outline the specifics of the time audit, why I did it and the results. But short story, it showed to me that the reason I was working Fridays, the reason I was working evenings was because I was trying to, in some weeks, squeeze 32 hours into a 24-hour work week. So by 24-hour work week, what I mean is that I've got four days of about six hours allocated to work, which is when I've got the kids in care, which is my like scheduled time to talk to clients, to work on the business, to do the marketing, to do all the things. And actually by sitting down and tracking my time, I realized that in many weeks I was doing 32 hours worth of work hence me trying to squeeze in work on a Friday and do evening work, et cetera. And I realized through looking at it was that I wasn't saying no anywhere near as well as what I thought I was. And even when I felt like I was saying, no, I can't do that until later, even the later wasn't actually a realistic time when I actually had time free, if that makes sense. And what I also realized was that I was spending something like 12 to 15 hours some weeks on administration, on email, and doing stuff almost like without discipline and without really looking at it going, does this need to be done? Because I was, wasn't operating from the 
full understanding of the entirety of what I was trying to get done for the week. So I was allowing myself to spend too much time on low value tasks, not realizing like how much the total task that I was trying to get done for the whole week was adding up to, if that makes sense. So like once I saw that figure 32, then the next week, rather than spending two or three hours doing something, I'd be like, well, if this is going to be another 32 hour week, then if I only spend half an hour doing this and already I'm at 29 and I'm ahead. So it's almost like when I, without knowing or seeing the big picture, I was making little incorrect micro decisions about how long I could spend on things. But go and check out those episodes if you want to hear a little bit more about it. And if any of this is ringing true, then I can't recommend a time audit enough because it's been hugely informative, mind-blowing, and has really shaped the things I'm going to be doing for the rest of the year. The other thing I guess it showed me was that I needed to delegate more and I needed to just stop doing some of the things. And okay, so that's probably enough about time audit. If I also look back on the last 12 months, I I pretty clearly and consciously back in July last year did a couple of things. I decided to shut out the noise of like group coaching containers that I had previously been in and I shifted to working with a one-on-one coach, which actually felt really vulnerable because I was sort of obviously speaking directly to somebody, telling them my desires and they were holding me accountable to that, which was awesome. And it's really, really got me clear on actually what's important to me. And shut out the noise of other people's ideas and what was important to them and what they were trying. So that's been really helpful to give me the right type of focus that I needed for the last 12 months. And it's also reminded me how powerful one-on-one coaching is, which is the way I work with my clients most of the time. I also decided to shift my focus from trying to grow my revenue and chasing growth to focusing on profit. I made some really big, bold statements that I wrote down and shared with my coach around like a really significant net profit percentage that I was chasing. And I got really, really clear on the maths of I'd rather be a smaller business with an extremely high net profit margin rather than a bigger business with a lower net profit margin. And that clarity that I that I got and shared with my coach and the accountability that she then held me to that statement has really, really been effective. And I guess the results are sitting there with the biggest wage I've paid myself and the most profitable year so far. The other thing, I guess, as part of that, as part of looking at, well, if I want to increase my profitability, then I also realize that I can't just keep investing and expending on all the things. So I had to really look at, well, what are all the like marketing activities and the things that I could be doing in my business and which are the ones that are actually right for me as far as feel great to me and also bring in the most return. So one of the things I did was close down my Facebook group as Facebook just didn't feel great to me. I don't love it as a place to hang out. I much prefer hanging out over on Instagram. And I really focused here on the podcast as this being like a major thing for me to invest my time and energy in. And that's felt really good and it's worked. The other thing that I've done through working with my coach is really focus on data and make database decisions, which kind of sounds obvious, but it's actually amazing that probably the amount of emotional decisions I actually was making. So having somebody to point me in the direction of objective data has been huge. Looking at the numbers of how much things were costing me, how many people were landing on my websites, how many people were opting into 
various lead magnets, where business was coming from, actually tracking the specifics, the numbers around that, looking at what podcast topics were the most popular, and just really just that discipline and narrowed focus to making decisions based on numbers based rather than emotion. And that's been big for the last 12 months, and it's been really effective. One of the things I've also leaned into is understanding a little bit more about my human design. And again, I recorded a beautiful podcast episode with Amy Lee recently talking about human design. So if you're interested, go and have a listen to that. But one of the things, I guess, through me learning a little bit more about my human design the last 12 months was to realize that as a generator, that I make decisions from the sacral part of my body. And it's not procrastinating for me to sit on a decision until it feels really good. So I guess I've sort of given myself the permission for it to take as long as it needs to take to decide to do something and just to wait for a feeling to come in, to either feel strongly for it or feel strongly against it. And that's actually been really beautiful just to release that pressure on myself because I think I've been doing that all my life, but I've been beating myself up for all the time it's taken me to make decisions sometimes and I've tried to force it whereas now I'm like eh, it's okay I can just sit it'll come and I feel much more in flow. The other thing that I wanted to share with you about the last 12 months has been the increased focus on systems that we've had and that has been really effective in my business. So in about February, March last year, I hired an OBM, an online business manager, because I wanted somebody to help me launch, to help make launches easier. And a couple of months into that hire, I realized that, ah, it's not actually that I wanted someone to help me make launching easier. I don't really want to launch. So what that person helped us do was to look at the systems and really shone a light that actually there's room for these systems to get better. So that person, my OBM, worked with us for about three months, helped us to set up and improve our systems. And then we continued that focus in the business throughout the year, really updating, upgrading our systems, trialing them, seeing if they work, reviewing them again, et cetera. And I guess the proof was in the pudding when I hired a brand new virtual assistant and my previous virtual assistant, after working with me for, I think it was two and a bit, three years, decided to change her career and do something else. And we hired someone brand new into the business as of February this year, and the transition couldn't have been smoother. And that is because of the strength of those systems and the fact that we had some things in place, but we identified that they could be better and we worked on improving them and we really tested and trialed and improved them. And the proof is always when someone comes and goes from your business, is your business being held up by a person or is your business being held up by a system? And so I'm really proud that the the business is being held up by systems and the systems are good. So I guess that's most of my reflections for the last 12 months. It was my little three-year-old's birthday last week. And as part of him turning three, I also was reflecting on a pretty big decision that I made three and a bit years ago, which was when I was pregnant with him, which was to sell my second business, which was the yoga studio. And for whatever reason this year, that's really come full circle to me. Because where I am now in the business and where we are at the end of the last financial year, this 12 months, is is the destination that I was trying to achieve as part of making that decision to sell the yoga studio, to step away from that business, which was challenging and high volume and had lots of complications and just didn't feel right for me. And it wasn't the right sort of business for me, for the life that I was trying to live. 
So I guess as part of this reflection process has been sitting with and acknowledging, oh, that decision I made three and a bit years ago to sell the yoga studio, it was a good decision and and here I am and it's somewhere that I get to be really proud of. And the next challenge is, well, what does the next stage of my business look like given this is where I was heading? Because what I want to do is earn a, a beautiful income, living a life that feels great to me and, and I'm there. So what does the next stage look like and how can I continue to serve and grow in a way that feels great and serves more people? So that's sort of the next stage. And I guess I just want to share with you as well, and I'm probably going to have a massive vulnerability hangover tomorrow after this, but I want to share with you that it's actually really hard. I'm finding it really hard to sit here and acknowledge myself and say that I'm proud of myself all the tall poppy thoughts and the childhood stories of not showing off really come to the surface. And this is probably one of the reasons I like podcasting is that I get to say this and share this in a one-way format. So I am proud of myself. I'm proud of the business that I've built, the work that I do with my clients, the integrity with which I do that work with my clients and the life ultimately that it provides me and my little family. So they are my end of financial year reflections and it's a financial year that I'm definitely proud of. And the other little thing is that all my books are actually up to date. I don't have to scurry for receipts and things to bring all my books up to date. It's not actually a crazy flurry, which it once was. So that's also an added bonus. So there you go. That is my end of financial year wrap. I wanted to jump in here and do this little personal share. I've been seeing some people share about their end of financial years and it just felt right for me to share this little behind the scenes with you, even though it makes me feel oh so vulnerable. I'm reading Brené Brown's book on vulnerability at the moment and it's a beautiful and eye-opening book. So if you haven't read it, you should. And I'm learning that being vulnerable is a good thing. So here I go doing that. So with that in mind, I would love to hear from you. Let me know how your end of financial year is going. Let me know if you've liked this episode, if you like hearing the personal shares behind my business, or if you'd rather I just stick with interviewing other entrepreneurs and teaching you all the things about hiring leadership and team. And as always, if you want to hand with anything, team, business, hiring, boundaries, or just to connect, I'm always here and I'm always keen for a chat. You can send me a direct message over on Instagram, Paula Maidens Consulting, or you can email me at paula at paulamaidens.com. Okay, that's it for me. I'll be back next week. Until then, have fun. Have fun.